Welcome to another podcast sermon. We've been talking about faith and how we got to look forward and we got to look past the things that we are facing. Until we look past the things that we are facing, we're just not going to come out because that's what faith dictates to us. We've got to declare the, the end from the beginning, right? And so I hope that last week was an encouragement to you and we want to continue to look at this. Now, you know, the Bible tells us that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And you know, when David lost his son, uh, he was encouraged by the Lord to wash his face and, uh, you know, to start off a new day, because that's what you do at the beginning of a day, you wash your, wash your face. And so until we, we decide in ourselves that whatever is happening around us should not be happening in us, and that's very important to for us to understand uh, when it comes to faith that what's happening around us should not be the thing that is happening in us. So as much as there's a lot of negativity and a lot of things going on, I mean, just this in these last few weeks, we've discovered that even though there's been so much assistance being given to the South African government, yet people have been stealing that assistance, that money for relief. Imagine how in what bad place you have to be that you're going to steal money that's been given to help people during a crisis. But the point that I'm making is that we can let all of this information get on the inside of us and uh, it just messes us up more than is needed and more than is that is required. So we got to make a decision. Yes, things are happening around us, but we don't want all that's happening around us to be the things that is happening on the inside of us. So we need to understand that whatever we are facing, that God has a plan for tomorrow. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. Now, what is seen is temporary. It doesn't say what is seen is fake. It doesn't say <clears throat> what is seen is not important. It doesn't say what is seen, it, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's not valid. It just says what is seen is temporary. And this is what we have to gear our whole thinking toward. We have to gear our whole spirit toward is that the things that we can see and the things that we are facing and the things that we are feeling are temporary and they are subject to change, but they're not subject to change uh, to another temporary thing. In other words, what you're looking at is temporary and the way you change the way you change it is not by taking your eyes off one temp temporary thing and you look at another temporary thing. And that's not how you change the course of your life. You don't change the course of your life by taking your eyes off one temporary thing and looking at another temporary thing because that's when we create disappointment in our lives and that's when we get disillusioned in life. And that's when we feel like it doesn't matter what I do, life is not improving. No way, life is not improving because you're looking at one temporary thing, you're trying to take action against that then you look toward another temporary thing and you try to take action against that and 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 what we need to realize is that as long as we are taking action against temporary things they it's it just going to we're just going to have the same result every time and we're going to find ourselves just moving from one situation to the next situation and we just find ourselves getting discouraged and disillusioned but the bible is not saying to us that we need to take our eyes off one temporary thing and put it onto another temporary thing. It's saying take our eyes off what is, because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we don't need to move out, change our focus in the physical from one thing to the next. In order to change your focus, it's got nothing to do with the physical first. The first thing you got to do in order to change your focus is what do you see spiritually? What do you see spiritually? You got to have, you got, 
Before you can change your eyesight, you've got to change your vision. Eyesight is the function of your physical eyes. Vision is the function of your spirit. You can be led by your eyesight or you can be led by your spirit. In order to be led by your spirit, your spirit doesn't know where to go. It doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know what encouragement until you have vision. And you can have vision when you come to God's word and when you let God put his word into your heart. That's when you get a thing called vision. And vision is not temporary. Vision is eternal. It is, it is the thing that God's going to use to pull you through what you are going through. Amen. So you can let the things that are around you to become the things inside of you. Or you can let the vision of God that's not on the inside of you just yet. you got to sow. you got to take time and sow the word of God into your heart and into your life. And this is what's so difficult. is It's that while you are facing contrary circumstances, the difficult thing is to take the time out to put in new information, to take the time out to put in new vision, to take the time out to put in new sight. It's, it's, it's an annoying thing to do while you are facing tough circumstances, while you are feeling annoyed, while you feel disillusioned and discouraged. It's the most frustrating thing to try and find new information. But without new information, you won't have new direction. And so this is so important. And that information is not just natural information. That's vision from God, right? And so as you look into the Word of God, that vision comes on the inside of you and it changes it changes what you see. Then you, you don't just look at what the, the natural circumstances are and believe that this is the final outcome for your life. You believe that there's something more to life than what you are going through right now. Now, for today, we I want to discuss a favorite part of the scripture that I love going to, and, and I'm sure you know that by now, and that's David and Goliath, and we want to look at that. So turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and what we want to look at is we want to look at who had the advantage. Did David have the advantage, or did uh, Goliath have the advantage. And we need to change our focus regarding the story and this part of scripture because until we realize who had the real advantage, we will continue to think that life is, you only have an advantage when you are special. You only have an advantage if you are not special. You only have an advantage if you have special things. You only have an advantage if you have extraordinary things. You only have an advantage if you have something what other people don't have that gives you an advantage. And fair enough, it might give you an advantage in life over other people, but you need to understand when you face a situation like we're facing in Corona, money is not the advantage or, or to a degree in certain parts, but it's not the advantage that we're looking for. Your your good looks, your, your fitness, your health, all of those things is not an advantage over the situation. And so we realize we realize that as we go through, we need to find out what is the advantage because in certain situations, the things that we counted as an advantage does not advantage us when we face things like we are facing presently. So did David have the advantage or did Goliath have the advantage? And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and bear with me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this just so that we get a good idea about it. In verse 1, it says, The Philistines gathered their forces for war at Soko in Judah and camped between Soko and Azekah in Aphiz Demon. Uh, just forgive my pronunciation on these things. And Saul and the men of Israel gathered and camped in the valley of Elah, and they lined up in battle formation to face the Philistines. Now notice they lined up in battle formation to face the Philistines. You would think that when you line up in battle formation to face the Philistines that you are prepared to fight. 
Okay, you would think that you're gonna go to fight and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get involved in something, but they had the battle formation, but they didn't end up fighting. Verse three says the Philistines were standing on one hill and the Israelites were standing on the other hill with the ravine between them. Then a champion named Goliath from Gath came out from the Philistine camp. He was nine feet nine inches tall and wore a bronze helmet. Now, who would want to ever fight a nine foot nine inches tall giant? not just a man, a giant. No one in their natural mind is going to want to face that. You see, so just the sheer presence of Goliath was was intimidating enough to cause people to become disillusioned and discouraged, right? And he had on a, he wore a bronze helmet and he had bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. How big did you have to be? How strong did you have to be to be able to carry armor that weighed 125 pounds? So more and more, as the description of Goliath is being presented to us, more and more we realize how intimidating he must have been. Okay, not just in himself, but even the things that he was carrying. And when you look at him, you'd see all the advantages and you'd look at all the reasons why you are disadvantaged. And there was a bronze armor on his shins and a bronze javelin was slung between his shoulders and his spear shaft was like a weaver's beam and the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. And in addition, a shield bearer was walking in front of him. And he stood and he shouted to the Israelite battle formations, okay? And now he was not intimidated, imagine. He stood up to the entire army of Israel and he says, why do you come out to line up in battle formation, he asked them. Now he's just insulting them and he's just ridiculing them and he's undermining them and, and he's just making them fools. And he says, am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. Now he says, choose whoever you want. And if he wins, in a fight against me and kills me, we will be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. Then the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Send me a man so we can fight each other. Now, Goliath is giving off the terms of engagement, the rules of engagement. He's setting the rules of engagement. Now, he's setting the rules, okay? So there's a predefined rules that's being set here. Now, when the Israelites are listening to this, they're playing according to Goliath's rules. Now, first thing, the first thing to break through, the first thing to overcoming in life is, why are we going to play according to the rules of the world? Why are we going to play according to the rules of the system? And we know that people who, who make investments in the world, investment bankers or all of these people, people who are entrepreneurs and, and people who are in the medical field and coming up with all of these uh, nifty cures, we know that they don't follow the trend. And if they follow the trend, they wouldn't come up with innovation. And that's what innovation is. Innovation is not thinking like how the majority think. Innovation is not thinking like what everyone else is saying. Innovation is allowing yourself to be inspired by something you can't see. You can't be inspired if you keep looking at what is. You have to be to, to see something what other people are not seeing. You have to look where other people are not looking. To, to understand what other people don't understand, you have to get information that other people don't have. And so here we see Goliath putting out information. He's putting out the rules of engagement. And everyone that was listening to him, they chose not to think for themselves. They chose to think 
purely and solely on what Goliath was putting out there. And so when it comes to what we are facing currently, it's more than just a virus we are facing. It's a fight against our entire lives. It's a fight against our livelihood. It's a fight against our entire existence, our whole social structures, our whole family structures. It's a fight against all of these things. And if we listen to the rules of this the situation and, and, and what it's brought to the world, then we are going to lose. But if we look away from it and we start looking to things where we receive vision from God, then we are going to be able to overcome the thing that is in front of us. Now, the Israelites could not overcome the thing that was in front of them because they kept focused on the thing that was in front of them. And verse 11 says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words, you see that? They heard these words from the Philistine. They lost their courage and were terrified. Now remember, for 40 days they would come out listening to Goliath. You can't listen to something for 40 days and it not defeat you psychologically. Or you cannot listen to something for 40 days and it not bless you psychologically. So the question really begs is, what are you listening to? Are you listening to the defeat? Are you listening to the noise? Are you listening to the information that comes out of the Word of God? Are you listening to the, to the revelation that comes out of the Word of God? Because in this time that we are in right now, we cannot afford to be focused solely on the information presented to us on the outside, on the on the just from the world's perspective, and not only the world's perspective as in sin and, and, and things like that, but just as what everybody is presenting it to us. If we only listen to that information, it is impossible for faith to rule and to run your heart. Now, one may think, but if you don't watch those things, then you're not being wise. We should know how to be wise. We should know how to approach life. We should know how to be safe. We should know how to sanitize. We should know how to keep ourselves safe and our family safe and other people safe. We should know those things as normal people and more so as Christians, we should know how to be safe. Now, that's not an issue. Being safe is not an issue. Being wise is not an issue. The issue here is what, where do you get your vision from and how do you get vision? And as long as you keep listening to, the, to Goliath, as long as you keep listening to the Philistines, you are not going to be able to get the information, the vision that you need, the information that produces vision. Amen. And so that's very important. Now, we know that David, he came along, and I, I need to hurry up here and close off with this. David comes along, and we know that he faced the, the lion and the bear. Now, watch this, okay? He faced the lion and the bear. So, Goliath is used to a certain way of operating. David faces a lion, and he faces a bear. Now, both are predators, both are predators trying to steal and come and kill the, the, the sheep that he's protecting and guarding. But notice it's different things. It's a different situation. It's a different scenario. And the thing, the one of the biggest problems when it comes to vision and one of the biggest problems when it comes to innovation and one of the biggest things that it comes when trying to move our lives fo forward, we get too used to circumstances. We get too used to a certain way of doing things. The way you fight a lion is different to the way you fight a bear. Even both, though both are predators, you have to fight them differently because they are different sizes and they attack differently and they think differently. And this is the biggest problem when it comes to us as Christians. And we wonder why we're not able to move our lives forward is because we think the same way in everything and in every circumstance and in every problem and in every challenge, we approach it the same way. And if you approach all your problems the same way, you're going to have the same result. If you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. And our day David understood something that I gotta, I gotta 
um, adapt my approach according to the problems that I'm facing. And that's what we have to do. We have to adopt, adapt our approach. And the approach has to be getting vision from God. Now, here's the thing. Goliath was geared up in uh, close combat armor. Goliath, when he set out the rules for engagement, he said, I want someone to come and fight me in close combat. Now, he was so big. He's got uh, armor that's so strong and so powerful. That thing weighs more than a man himself. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to know how much of that armor was how many times the weight of David. I wonder how many times it must have been because David was only just a, a youth in this in this time when this happened. You know, so when when you look at his armor and when the Israelites were looking at his armor, they would have seen a man and they would have understood from history and hearing about the man, this giant man, this warrior, this mighty man, that in close combat, he would destroy anybody. Nobody would stand a chance in winning a close combat fight with, with Goliath. So when they looked at Goliath, they saw all of the advantage that was in Goliath's favor, and they saw themselves disadvantaged because in close combat, they would not be able to defeat uh, Goliath. And they were right. They weren't wrong. But the problem was that they are approaching the situation like they've always approached it. And they are approaching the situation based on the information being given to them. And that information is not coming from God. It's not inspiration. It's just normal revelation, a uh, natural information, sorry. And they need revelation. They need revelation knowledge from God to know how to defeat this, this, uh, this uh, giant. And when David rocks up in the scene and he says, let me fight him, Saul tries to give him his armor. Now, why does Saul try to give him his armor? Because Saul's armor represents victory. Saul won many battles with that armor. So Saul says to himself, you know what, David, in, him, in himself, he probably thought, David, you're going to lose. But let me give you armor. Let me give you something that defeated other things before. And when we face challenges, what do we do? We don't get revelation knowledge. We don't try and create a vision. We don't try and get inspiration from God. What do we do? We try to go to other people who have defeated situations. We try to go to other people who we believe are successful from the outside. We try to go to other people and we try to steal from their armor. When I say steal, I don't mean it negatively. I just mean go and want it. We want it. We, we covet it. We, we desire it. We, we think to ourselves, I want what you got because look at what you've got and what you've achieved with what you have. And the problem is what they've achieved with what they have, you only seeing from the outside, right? And that's the biggest problem is that when we look from the outside and successful people tell us that you can't just know what I've done to get to where I am by just looking at me from the outside. And this is what we have to understand is that Saul now is trying to say to David, use this armor that I have defeated armies with and use this to give you some kind of advantage, and when we approach this mentality, when we are facing the trials of life and when we are facing economic challenges or business challenges or life's challenges or health challenges, and we're trying to take what other people use to defeat things in, in, in their lives that we think works, then we are not creating vision. We are just chasing after armor. We're just chasing after the outcome. What you have to do is you have to get a revelation from God. You can't just do it like how everybody else has done it. You can't just do it by based on what everybody is saying and what the world is saying and what everybody else is saying. you got to get a vision from God. Now, David, when he rocked up, he said to Saul, this thing doesn't fit. Notice it doesn't fit because David was a guy who understood 
what it was to receive a vision from God. You see, when you walk with God and when people try to put things on you or the world tries to put things on you or you come up with a strategy, you will know the strategy doesn't fit because you are spending time with God and something in your spirit will echo with the natural and, and the natural things that's happening and you would be like, mm, I'm not too sure that this is the right thing that I'm doing in the natural. So David, when he gets there, he says to Saul, man, this armor doesn't fit in and I'm not sure that this works. Now notice David said, to Goliath, my God, before my God, I will have your head. David knew from where his help comes from. David knew what was his advantage. Now, David took, he went down into that that, that that valley, and he picked up five smooth stones. Remember, he only needed one stone to kill Goliath, but he picked up five. In other words, you can't overcome circumstances if you are underprepared. You have to be over-prepared for what you are facing. You can never be under-prepared for the giants you are facing in life. You have to be over-prepared for the giants. And notice where the preparation comes from. David didn't come with those five smooth stones. David found the five smooth stones in the valley. The preparation comes in the valley. The preparation for the giants that you are facing comes in the valley. The preparation comes in the heat. Notice the pressure. Notice the, the amount of anxiety, the fear. And this is what what we are presently facing, anxiety and fear and, and the, the being disillusioned and discouragement and depression and all these things, all of this fear was in the valley. It was in the face of Goliath that David found the prepared stones. He found five smooth stones that were smoothened over time in that ravine, in that, in that stream. Over time, it was smoothed out. You see, over time, as we approach things, and that's why we lose heart, because when we try things and we apply things and we don't get it right the first time, we give up. But you're not supposed to give up the first time you try something. The first time that you tried it might not have been the best way. And how do you learn? How do you learn? You don't win or lose, right? You always just win. And that's what you have to understand, that when you use the word of God, you don't win or lose. You only win and learn. You don't win and lose with God. You win and learn with God. You don't win and lose with God. You win and learn with God. So David found those five smooth stones in the midst of that that, that Goliath. In the midst of that giant, he found the smooth stones. In the midst of pressure, he found that. In the midst of depression, he found that. In the midst of fear, he found that. In the midst of anxiety, he found that. In the midst of uncertainty, he found that. Right? And so when we face those uncertain times and all of these things, what do we do? We withdraw like the Israelites and we sit on the other side of the hill and we don't want to go into that uncertainty because of the anxiety and the fear and the worry that it creates in our life. But Nobody wins standing still. Nobody wins not fighting. Nobody wins just keeping quiet. You got to get down. You got to go. You got to move. You got to implement what God is saying to you to do. And that's where you find the victory. Amen. Now, David, he got down there. And when he saw Goliath, and I need to close here. When he saw Goliath, he didn't see somebody he was going to fight in close combat. And that's the punchline right here. And that's what I want, want to say. Who had the advantage? David had the advantage. Who was at a disadvantage? Goliath was at a disadvantage. Goliath had a strategy. And, and anybody knows you should keep your, your strategy to yourself. You should never, ever reveal your strategy to the enemy. Because if you reveal your strategy to the enemy, and in sports we know this, you should never let your other the, the opponent's team know how you're going to play because then they can counter your strategy. But Goliath came dressed up in his strategy. 
in his dress code, his dress code said, I want to fight in close combat. The rest of Israel said, I, won't f- I can't manage to fight close combat, so I won't fight. David looked at this and he said, oh, look at this guy. He's ready to fight close combat. There's no way I can beat him in close combat. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill him and I'm going to fight him at a distance. Amen. He strategized because Goliath was so egotistical. He was so full of himself. He had such a great ego that he didn't care. In any battle, in any army, you are supposed to keep your strategy a secret. But Goliath was so egotistical that he revealed his strategy even before the fight. And David being wise and David being a man after God's own heart and David understanding how God works, realized that in Goliath's armor was his weakness because his weakness was he wanted to fight close range. David said to himself, the Holy Spirit must have definitely inspired him. Fight this man at a distance. Don't get close. Use his weakness against him. My encouragement to you is that there's a weakness in what we are facing. And if we continue to look at the strengths of the things we are facing, we will never see it where it's weak. But if we take a step back and we allow the Holy Spirit to encourage us and to put vision on the inside of us, we will see the weaknesses and God will give us an advantage where everybody else sees a disadvantage. God bless you.